We're in a series titled Bear Much Fruit. If you haven't been here, I highly suggest you get caught up. Go online. They're all there on YouTube. You can check out all the messages for the last nine, ten weeks. This is ten. On this subject, and this has been, uh, I mean, I, this is powerful subject, power, power-packed subject. We've been discovering how to bear fruit and what, what, what we are supposed to be doing uh, in the kingdom, bearing fruit, and what that means, right? We got to understand what that means. And, you know, that's, that's a, lot of, a lot of time we don't understand what something means in the word. And, you know, some things, some things take some time to understand. Paul, Paul was known, in fact, Peter talked about it. He said some of the things Paul says are very hard to understand. And if you've read Paul, you know what he's talking about. I was just talking to Karin yesterday about a verse that I was studying out because I'm like, I don't understand what he's saying. If, you, if, you don't, if you've never done that, you haven't read the Bible. You haven't read Paul. You haven't read the epistles. You haven't read much. Because if you read Paul, you will come across verses you're like, Huh? Let me study this out and try and decipher what he was saying. Yeah, amen. Especially Paul. I found that especially with Paul. And, and Carl and I were talking about it, and, and, and I said, um, you know, Paul was a, was a smart dude. He was trained to Pharisee of Pharisees under Gamaliel. He was, he was in the top line of Pharisees. That means he knew the word. Yeah, amen. He knew it backwards and forwards. He was a smart dude. So when he's, when he's preaching and teaching, right, there's no doubt his smartness came into that. Not, not, and I said to Karen, I don't think he's ever trying to confuse people. That doesn't make any sense. Paul, Paul was always trying to help people exactly. to get the truth to him. He wasn't trying to confuse anybody, but he was very, very, very smart. You've been around some very, very smart people. They will say things that you're like, Huh? But they totally understood what they said. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely understand what they said. And my head goes, ooh, 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 spinning. Come on. Well, Paul was very, very, very smart. So some of the things he said, you know, didn't make sense right there on the, on the, the sentence. Didn't quite. But if you dig in, Amen. If you dig in a bit, you'll find it. We found, we found the meaning of the verse we were looking at. And we found it by digging. You got to dig a little. You know, sometimes it'll take one minute. You'll be like, wait a second. And you'll do a, do a little Greek word search or you'll do a little commentary research and you'll find the answer within a minute. Sometimes it's a while down the road. And you're like, you know, I still don't understand what he said there, but I know I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And the Spirit of God can reveal it too. Amen? Amen? When you're not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, the window opens. And you go, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that verse, but now I know what it means. Amen. So, I don't know how we got into that, but we did. We should be taking the subject of bearing much fruit seriously. 
And so we should be making some changes. If you haven't made any changes in 10 weeks, well, you haven't been listening or, or you just don't want to do the work. But we are in the last days of time and so we should be, we should be bearing fruit. And it should be a very high priority in our lives, amen? So we're going back to John 15, verse one, and we'll read through here. And uh, it never hurts to read the word again, amen? John 15, one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That's what we're doing, we're pruning. That it may, be, may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Or, or you're already pruned, already purged. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Of course, Jesus speaking here. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. A lot of you have had a brush fire before, right? You, you, or your uh, cut, cuttings, you put them in a, uh, a burn. You burn them. A lot of times they have burn bands, right? No, no burn on your brush. There's too much uh, air, bad air quality. Well, that's what he's talking about. Gather the branches, burn them. Get them out of the way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Disciples are supposed to bear much fruit. That's what we talk about in our time. We want to be disciples of Jesus. Trees of righteousness. Come on now. Disciples. Disciples are doing. Disciples know the word. Disciples are filled up with the Holy Ghost. Disciples are excited about Jesus more than football games. Amen. That's right. Amen. You see, from this passage, we can see that God wants us to bear fruit. He expects us to bear fruit, expects it. Well, you say, how can God expect me to bear fruit? Well, he's invested into us. Yeah, that's right. And whenever you make an investment, you expect a return. Why would you invest if you didn't expect a return? God's invested into us. He gave us his word. He gave us the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are temples of the living God. We have great investment into us and he expects a return. Come on now. He's given us everything to produce fruit. We, we can't say we don't have the tools to do it because God on that day is either going to say, well done, or he's going to say, you wicked and slothful servant. That's the two answers. I hope you want to hear well done. That's it. Come on. Well done, or you wicked and slothful servant. What? You got the tools to do it. 
So when, he, when, he, when we stand there before God, he's going to say, you can't, you can't make an excuse. Why? Because he's given you everything you need to do it. That's right. He's going to say, you're going to say, what, but, 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 but. He's going to say, there's no but. No but in heaven. There's no but in heaven. Come on. It's like the guy we, we listened to, you know, he, he saw God, he talked to God. It was a great testimony. I sent it to a lot of you. But he sat there and he sat there and he was talking to God. He was telling God. He was telling God what he had done for him. He was telling God and God wasn't even talking. Till he shut his mouth. And he realized he was doing all the talking. And God said, what makes you think I would receive the works of a Laodicean Christian like you? A Laodicean Christian. What, what happened to Laodicea? They spit him out. Jesus said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Vomit you. And he did not enter into the gates of heaven. In fact, he said, 2.5% of the people standing there went in. You just told me something today. The many will say, he will say to many on that day, what's the word that, is it many? That most. Most. So remember when Jesus said, it says, he will say to many, I never knew you. That's the verse, right? One of, he was just listening to a Bible teacher and he said that, that Greek word there is most. He will say to most, I never knew you. I was like, well, that rings true with the 2.5% getting in. Is that serious? Is this serious or what? I mean, I, you can't get more serious. Entering into God's kingdom or not. And then, and then you get all these Christians think, well, I, I, I'm saved, so I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying you're saved by works, but I'm saying if, you, if you're saved, you better have works. Amen. That's right. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Laodicean Christians, he did call them Christians in Laodicea. They were Christians. And he said, if you don't repent and change, I'm going to spit you out. Vomit, literally vomit out of you out of my mouth. He's talking to Christians. It's like I say all the time. There is no one in eternity who will be in eternity who is not completely allegiant to him. Yes, amen. That's true. And our papers will be checked at the door. Are you complete? Were, were you completely allegiant to Jesus? Come on. Because he's not going to have lukewarmies up there. Amen. That's right. He's not going to have people that say, one day I love you, Jesus, and then one day I got to go down to the bar. Because yeah. there will be no bars in heaven. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Come on now. I'm not, I'm not just making fun of bars, but I, I'm saying we, we got to be all in for him. Completely allegiant to him. We do not want to be found in the lukewarm camp. Camp lukewarmy. I mean, we could go through many different things, but the wise virgins were ready to go. The foolish virgins were not, and they were shut out. So what I was saying, he's preaching today, 
What, what I was saying is we, got, we, have, we have the tools necessary to produce fruit. If we don't do it, we're wicked and lazy and slothful. Yeah. Yeah, amen. That's what I was saying. And I, I don't expect those people to be in eternity with us. Hello? You, you think Jesus is going to turn to people and say, well, you were wicked, lazy, and slothful, but come on in. No. What did he say in that passage, the parable of the talents? He said, take what he has and give it to him who has. And cast him out into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what he said. And then Christians just want to do what they want to do. Hello. See, we only have a few moments here to bear fruit. As we say all the time around here, our life is but a vapor, James 4.14. What is happening to our time? Right? What, are, what are we talking about? What are we redeeming our time for? Yeah. What, are we, what are we doing with our time, which is a vapor? Mm-hmm. Our dash on our gravestone. What are we doing with it? Are we doing anything for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Are we bearing any fruit at all? If we are not, we, we are in trouble. Yeah. Jesus cursed the fig tree because it had no fruit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? See, our time is not just to be uh, wasted on nothing. Amen. Right? So many lives are wasted on nothing. That's one of the saddest things to me is lives that are wasted, just wasted. They do nothing for the Lord at all. Just, even, if, even if they have a great success career and da-da-da, great family, da-da-da, uh, nothing for the Lord. Or maybe they attended church and they thought they were something. Come on. No. A wasted life is, is a, a life that's just used for me, me, me. Yeah. Me and my four and no more. Doing nothing for Jesus. Doing nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ, who we love. Hello? If we love him, if we love him, we keep his commandments. We do what he says. And we are loved by the Father. And Jesus loves us and he manifests to us. Himself. Ooh, glory. It is beautiful. It's an amazing, amazing. Word of God is amazing. So God has asked us to use our time for him. It's priceless, right? We talked about priceless time. We, we, we got to bear fruit for God with our time. And so when we, when we stand there before the Lord at judgment time, we should have all kinds of fruit to present to him. Not, not to get in, but because we loved him. And he knows. I said he knows. The JWs, they do a lot of works for God. Yeah. But he knows if they love the Lord Jesus Christ. See, a lot of works are done in religious fashion for a religious reason 
to be right with God, the only proper work to do is because we love him. Amen. We actually love God. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Strength. We love Jesus. Come on. We lo- Remember, Jesus said, if you love God, you have to love me. If you don't love me, you do not love God. He made it very, very, very clear to the Pharisees, didn't he? If you don't love me, you don't love God. It's like the actor I told you about, very, very famous actor. I'm sure probably all of you would know him, but he's been dead for several years now. But I, I I heard he said he did not believe in Jesus, but he believed in God. And this was years ago. And then <clears throat> I got saved at 19. And I, I think it was at the age of 19, I think, when I was in painting my parents' bedroom, I was in rolling, rolling the walls, right? We were painting the house. And I was rolling the walls. And I remember the radio was on and they said, this actor had just died. And I thought, he went straight into hell. And I was sad because I really liked him. Now, barring, barring that on his deathbed, he said, I believe you, Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Jesus, I call you my Lord. Barring that, he went straight into hell because he did believe in God, but he refused publicly even to believe in Jesus. It's public knowledge that he believed in God, but not in Jesus. But we got to love God. We got to love Jesus. And all of our works, all of our bearing fruit is because we actually love God. We actually love Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. You ready to go back into some pruning? Second Peter one. We are, we are having a time today. Whew. Glory. Second Peter 1, I'll start in verse 3. I think I have verse 3. Oh, I have one up there? Well, I could go. F- no, I don't have one here. All right. We'll start in verse 3. How about that? <laughs> I, only have, I started three here. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Ooh by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, come on, the word of God, he's given us his promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Diligence, we talked about diligence quite a bit. Hard work, come on. Add to your faith virtue. This is gonna take some work. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. We're on love today. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, when you find a therefore, you've got to find what's there for. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Make it sure. 
Don't, don't, don't think, well, I get into heaven because I, I, man, I just, you know, I was a pretty good person. And I prayed a prayer once. For if you do these things, do what things? What he just talked about. All the things we've been talking about. If you do these things, you will never stumble. That's big. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want the door swung wide open for you? Then you better know what this says. <laughs> Amen? An abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. Where you show up and they're like, get the doors open. He's coming right now. They're not like, keep the doors locked. We don't know who he is. Hello. Come on. Family's coming over. You know they're, you're expecting your family. You hear the car, you're like, hey, woo, you're here. Yeah, exactly. Amen. They came home for Christmas and, and they traveled 400 miles and you, you're just waiting. You know them. Abundant entrance into my house. Versus, Aaron, are we expecting somebody? No, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Who's, who's yeah, check the camera. Who, who's out there? I don't know. I guess we'll go see. And you look out there, like some, some stranger standing there, like, eh, eh. He doesn't, he doesn't, look, he doesn't look too safe. <laughs> We pull up to heaven and they're like, ooh, who's that? And then what we do, we stand out there and go, right, if we're, if we're, not, if we're not on fire, we go, we go like that guy, like the guy in the video saying, he pleaded with the Lord and figured out he wasn't getting in. In fact, he went on to say, if the Lord, because he, 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 that was a vision he had. He wasn't dead, dead. You know, he came back his body. But he, um, he said, if the Lord had picked me up by my collar and dropped me into hell right then, I would have agreed with him completely. Yeah. After pleading with God that he deserved to go in, God told him what his works were really like. And he's like, oh. And then he realized if God picked him up and put him in hell, he'd say, you're right. That's something. Wow. But I don't, I don't want to be in that camp. I want to be in the camp that has the abundant entrance Amen. into the kingdom of my Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Well, if you want that, <laughs> you got to add these ingredients to your faith. Amen. Faith is necessary. We talk about faith all the time around here. There's all kinds of ways. I mean, we, we, we've talked about faith in many different, you know, you can go down all kinds of rabbit trails on faith, right? You can talk about faith and more faith and more faith and then more faith. I mean, I got, I, oh man, I love preaching about faith. That's right. Faith changed my life. Real faith, not fake faith. Come on now. Real faith, there is real faith and there is fake faith. Yeah. Real faith actually believes God actually believes his word, actually acts on the word, 
Amen. Real faith acts on the word, does it? Fake faith just hears it and hears it again and then hears it again. And then hears it one more time. But we should not ignore what we're talking about here. These subjects we've been talking about uh, 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 that Peter talked about, we should be very, very, very interested in what he had to say. Why? Well, we, we do know that the scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. All scriptures are given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we're listening to God's words here. Come on. And so God gave us these words for a reason. Amen. amen. So we would be fruitful. Yeah, amen. Full of fruit. Bearing much fruit. Because God is a good God. And like I said, he gave us the tools. Amen. He gave us the tools. And we need to add these things to our tool chest and they're available and we can do them all. You can't say I can't do any of these because you can yeah, do all of them. Amen. You can. We talked about virtue. Virtue is excellence in every way. Excellence in our action, excellence in our word, excellence in our morality, excellence in every way. We should be excellent in every way. That's right. And any way we find we're not excellent, we're correcting. Yeah. We're making changes. Amen. We got to add virtue to be fruitful. There's many, many, we talked about that. We've talked about it in review many times, but the opposite of virtue is lazy and sloppy. And that's what Jesus said to the wicked one, right? You wicked, lazy, and sloppy, slothful, probably sloppy would be a good word too, slothful servant. That's the opposite of virtue. He was basically saying in that passage, you wicked and slothful servant, he's saying, you weren't excellent. Yeah, exactly. Hello. We should go above and beyond. Amen? Amen. In everything. Go above and beyond the expectation. In your work, at the store, where you're shopping, go above and beyond. Be a servant. We talked with the men yesterday. When you go to the store and there's something on the ground, don't, don't expect, well, the clerk will get it. The janitor will get it, wherever you are, right? You're in the Fred Meyer and the big, big store and those janitors, right? Going around sweeping stuff. Well, they'll get it. Well, be excellent. Pick it up. It's a shock to most people, right? Why would I pick up the garbage in the store? Because you're excellent. Amen. You're virtuous. That's right. Virtuous people do that. That's right. Virtuous people walk across the parking lot and go, huh, look at this garbage. I just picked that up. Now, you don't have to go clean up the whole parking lot. But if you're walking right by it, pick it up. Amen. You're in the bathroom. My pastor said this years ago. He probably still does it. He said he was in the bathroom and it was just a mess, right? In a, in a store or whatever. And the Lord said, clean it up. And he said, in fact, clean up every bathroom from now on that you go in. So he says, every bathroom I go in, I clean it up. You know, you can't, he doesn't have Windex on him or something. He doesn't have toilet cleaner. But he picks up all the paper, wipes down all the counters, gets it as best as he possibly can get it before he leaves the bathroom. That's, Amen. That's virtuous. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See what I'm saying? Excellent in every way. Every way. We could go, we went into it in depth. You'll have to go back and listen. 
We talked about knowledge, right? Add knowledge. That was the next one. Seek God, seeking after God's knowledge, seeking God himself, deep, intimate knowledge of God, not just surface knowledge. Come on. We should be able to go in depth about the scripture. We should, we should understand and know God very, very well. That, we got to add the knowledge of God. That's deep, intimate knowledge. That's not just more intellectual, get a degree knowledge. That, not that you can't get a degree, but you get the degree. Your whole point is to grow in the knowledge of God and be closer to him, know him more. Amen. Not just have a degree. Come on, we got to add knowledge. We got we to gotta add self-control. We talked about that. We got to keep our body under. If we want to produce fruit, if we want to hear well done, come on, we're going to have to have self-control. Keep the flesh under. Paul said, I keep my body under, lest, lest my, I would be a castaway. Mm-hmm. The flesh always wants more chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it under control. <laughs> I had three pieces yesterday, and I was talking with, uh, I think it was Casey, and I said, you know, we, we enjoy this at this, right now we're enjoying this. And this isn't something we do every day. In fact, I, I, I don't know last time I had chocolate cake. I didn't even have chocolate cake for my birthday. I had spice cake because we have a special family recipe for spice cake. It's really good with caramel frosting. Ooh. Ooh, it's good. But I'm saying you, we got to have self-control. Amen. And yeah, you can indulge in a couple pieces of chocolate cake, but you do that every day, you're going to be a mess. But that all goes into self-control. Who needs to rule? Our spirit needs to rule. Our spirit rules over our flesh. Our spirit is in contact with God. Our spirit is to be the one we're listening to. Then we talked about perseverance or patience. Both words are translated there, perseverance or patience. And we know that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So we got to exercise our patience to be stronger in patience. Don't tell me you're not a patient person. Exercise. Yeah, That's like saying I'm a weak person. Go exercise. Yeah. I'm so weak. Go exercise. My muscles are so weak. Go lift some weights. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our weightlifters over here. You got you to exercise the patience. You'll grow in it. You'll have more patience. Then, of course, we talked about godliness, and that's where we read 1 John 2, 6. If we say we abide in Jesus, we're supposed to walk like him. This is where most Christians miss it. I mean, they they have no intention of walking like Jesus at all. They just say, well, Jesus paid the price for me. I'm good. I'm saved. That's fine. I'm good. No, we're supposed to walk like Jesus. We live in holiness like Jesus. We live a godly life like Jesus. We love like Jesus. We stand up for truth like Jesus did. We're bold and courageous like we told the men yesterday. For Jesus, we do miracles like Jesus. We know God's word like Jesus did. That's a high calling. (laughs) Come on, that's godly. That's godliness. If we're going to add godliness, we got to know his word in depth. Come on. We cast out devils like Jesus. That's godly. We have fellowship with God like Jesus. Deep, intimate fellowship with God himself, just like Jesus. That's godly. Wow. And a wow wow. That's my my new... uh, a new catchphrase. It's Karin likes. 
Last week, we talked about brotherly kindness, loving our brethren. And what we say, we said, our real brethren, no matter, I don't know, you got family, I got family. The only real brothers and sisters and mothers I have are those who are born again. Amen, that's right. New creations in Christ. Those are my family forever. And so we got to define who our family is. And then we love them more than anybody. That's right. The Bible made it very clear. We went through many scriptures about it. First John is filled with that. That we love the brethren more than anybody. That's right. Amen. That's the way we're supposed to be. Hello. And today we're continuing in love because it says add love. But we're going on a different tangent on it. And we're going to go right into second Corinthians five thirteen, and we're looking at the amplified here. So yeah, amplified second Corinthians five thirteen. for if we are beside ourselves mad, as some say, right? They're crazy. You crazy. People call me crazy. That's fine. Amen. <laughs> it is for God. People think I'm crazy because I believe the Bible. Crazy because I believe in Jesus and, and, and believe in God and trust him and, and have faith in him and act on his word. Well, same thing with Paul. They, they, they thought he was crazy. Come on. It is for God and concerns him. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. Are they, were they in the right mind? The answer was yes. <laughs> they, they were in the right mind. You know, Paul, he does these things. He makes these arguments. And he combats both sides. And at first he's saying, they call me crazy. But he's, he's saying, we are in our right mind, so it's for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Now, this is actually the verse Connor we're looking up. And we, we figured out what he was saying is then all potentially died in Christ. Because we know all have not accepted Jesus and died, right? Because Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives within me. All have not done that. You could knock on a lot of doors and find out that real quick. <laughs> but that is available to everyone. It's available to everyone on the planet right now that they could die in Christ as we do baptisms, right? Die in Christ and be raised to life with him. Hallelujah. But we're going we're gonna to center in here on the word, uh, 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 where is it? Control, which is, is actually only one word. Of course, the Amplified tries to bring out all the meaning. So it says controls, urges, impels. That's one word in the Greek, suneko, suneko, I think it's actually said, but you know, <laughs> It can be translated as control, urge, impel, press, and compel. And I titled it Compelled by Love. We are to be compelled by the love of Christ. The love of Christ controls us, compels us, impels us urges us. Come on, you see that? The love of Christ is what was controlling Paul. That's why he said you got to add love. 
If you don't add love to all of this list and to faith, we got nothing. The love of God will compel us. Come on, compel us to win souls for Jesus. Compel us to be a witness for Jesus. Let's look at it. Hey, Acts 18.5. Acts 18.5. Silas. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. That's the same word, sunecho. <laughs> compelled. Same Greek word as we just read in when Paul said, the love of Christ controls us, urges us, compels us. You see, the Spirit of God is compelling Paul to testify about Jesus. Why? Because God loves them. Does God love people? Does God want everyone to receive Jesus? Does God want everyone to receive the love he's offering? That's, that goes with what we just read. In first, he, he's offering his love to everyone. He's offering, he's offering forgiveness to everyone. He's offering mercy to everyone. He's offering grace to everyone because he loves everyone. Love. Come on. We're to be compelled by the love of God. Urged. We're going somewhere. Hold on. Put your seatbelt on. Urged. Compelled. Controlled. Old people don't like that word, do they? That's like saying you're a slave. I'm a slave of Christ. People go, oh. a slave of Christ is controlled by Christ. That's all you're saying. He is my master. And I want to do everything he says. Amen. Not that I like that, I don't like that. I like that, I don't like that. I like that, I don't like that. That's not real Christianity. Yeah, amen. That's fake. That's lukewarm. Come on. God wants everyone to receive his love. So the love of God compels us. What? Romans 5, 5. I don't think I have it. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You see, the love of Christ is in us. If you are a born again, new creation in Christ to here today, you have the love of God inside. Amen. You have it. So what do we do? We don't suppress the love of God. Come on. We don't suppress it. We let it flow. Amen. We let it flow. Let it flow. That's an old song. Can't remember right now. <laughs> Let it flow. See, we are not on this earth just to have more recreation. That's good. Amen. We're here to do the works of the living God. We're here to get God's will done. We're here to bear much fruit yeah. for God's glory. Not our glory, for God's glory. Amen. That's all Jesus did. Bear much fruit for God's glory. Yeah, amen. What do sinners do? Sinners live for here and now. Yeah, exactly. 
They live for the next vacation. I just can't wait for the next vacation because I hate my job. <laughs> and I'm just living for the next vacation. Come on. That's no way to live. They live for the next football game, right? Woo! The weekend. You see it every year. Every year football season comes around. You see it all over Facebook. I can't wait. I can't wait because football is starting again. Well, what's happened? They're living for that. Come on now. I can say I enjoy a good game. But it should not at all, at all be what we live for. Yeah, amen. Not at all. I, I, man, I used, I used to be into sports before Christ, BC. I mean, I was into the Seahawks. I was into the Blazers, Trailblazers. I mean, I knew stats. I knew players. I knew, I knew them. I mean, I knew them. And, you know, I don't know exactly when I said, okay, this is dumb. But I know, I know one point, and I don't know what year it was, but I was watching a, I was watching a Blazer game, Laker game. I think it was in the playoffs. And and, I mean, the Lakers were just pushing the Blazers on the floor. Literally just, boom, and shoot, score, no foul. I'm like, well, this is a joke. This is just a joke. This isn't even real. You don't do that in college. I mean, you do not do that in college. College is actually kind of real. I, I, if I, was the, I really enjoy college better than pro because college, it still feels a little real. Pro feels fake. You know, the stars get special treatment. They don't get the foul called. They don't get the penalty because they got a big name. They make, they make 40 million a year. So that's Tom Brady. Come on now. But sinners live for that. The weekend, the football game, the basketball game. Really, it doesn't make any difference at all in the end. Come on, live for the weekend. Oh man, I got plans for the weekend. You got plans for the weekend? You hear that? You hear that? You go, you go, to, you go down to the store and, and it'll be Friday and they'll say, oh, it's the weekend. You got plans for the weekend? Like we have church. And a lot of church and more church and more Holy Ghost and more church. We got Sunday morning. We got Sunday night. You got to come on out. Ooh, I'm... I got a lot of things going on. I got, I got a lot of things happening. Oh, do you? Like what? Well, I got the game and then I got, you know, I got family coming over and then I got this and I got that. Oh, okay. Come on now. Saints live for eternal things. Come on. We, we love people. We, we live to tell another soul about Jesus. We live with every day, every day with eternity in mind. With eternity in mind. What, what am I doing for eternity's sake? What am I accomplishing for eternity? Come on. Saints of God are supposed to live like that. And, and compelled by love. And, and not natural human love, the love of God. Because a lot of people have, they, they, they think they love, but it's just natural human love. There's a big difference between the love of God and natural human love. 
Natural human love will turn on you in a second. The love of God doesn't turn on you. You, you can turn on the love of God, but he, he'll never turn on you. That's why it's called the unconditional love of God. Hallelujah. He loves us. Who he loves and he loves and he loves. And we're supposed to be love people. <laughs> With real love. Amen. Real love. And when, when we yield to the flesh, we're not going to yield to love. Hello? The flesh makes excuses all the time. So that we don't yield to love. I don't, I don't have time for that. I, I, I got a lot of things going on. Hello? I need some more me time. I need some more sleep. <laughs> Come on. Excuses. That's flesh. Well, I, I just, I can't. I, I, uh, my flesh. I need, more, I need more time for me. I don't have time for that. Well, make time for it. Amen. Yield to love. It's in you. Yield to it. Give in to some love. I don't have time to teach no kids in church. I don't have time for that. <laughs> oh boy. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. How about we yield to love? Amen. We think about eternity. We think about eternal things. We're compelled by love rather than flesh. Amen. Right? The kingdom of God should come first. Not the flesh. Come on. We're saved to serve. We're saved to bear fruit. We're saved to show God's love to someone else. We're saved to do it. It's in us. We're supposed to be compelled by it. Urged by it. Pressed by it. Controlled by it. Yes, controlled. Instead of the flesh which wants to go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Look at Philippians 1, 23. I think we're in the Amplified again here. Philippians 1, 23. Apostle Paul, you recognize this? But I am hard pressed between the two. My yearning desire is to depart, leave this earth, right? To be free of this world, to set forth and be with Christ. For that is far, far better. Far, far better. But to remain in my body is more needful and essential for your sake. Again, that word press there is sunecho. <laughs> compelled, urged, pressed. Paul was compelled to stay. Why? Because he loves the church. Remain in my body is more needful. I, he's saying, I love you. He loved the body of Christ. Come on. He loved the body. He wanted to help the body grow up. He wanted to help them a little bit more. 
and a little bit more. He said, I want to depart. <sighs> come, come on. Paul had been, Paul had been, he said, I, I, he, he had been to the third heaven. He had been there. He had been with Jesus. He got the revelation that we read from Jesus himself. He didn't travel with Jesus like the apostles did. The revelation Paul has is straight from Jesus. He knew what it was like to be in the presence of Jesus himself. And he knew it was far, far better than where he was at. Especially when he's in prison. Sleeping in his own feces. In stocks. It's far, far better to be with Jesus. But his love compelled him to stay. Our love for Christ should compel us to stay on earth as long as we possibly can. Right? With long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Come on. We don't want to check out early because we love people. We love the body. We want to tell someone else. We want to help someone else grow up. We don't check out early. We don't let Satan take us out early. Notice I said we don't let him. You have authority in Christ. You don't let him take you out early. You don't let anything take you out early. Because you love the body. I heard this story. Minister was telling of a woman who was dying of cancer. And she was in the hospital. And and he kept going to her. And and encouraging her to get healed. Rather than die. Mm -hmm. And he was reading scripture to her. And he said, it it didn't seem like she was getting it. It didn't, she just smiled, go, oh, that's nice, that's nice. And he said, then I, I said, you know, you, you are such a blessing at church. You have, you have helped so many people. You, you have taught the kids for years. You have been such a blessing in the body. Would you just stay to help some more people? And she paused and it looked like she finally got something. He said, she went, oh, yeah. See, won't you just stay, get healed and stay and help the body? You're such a blessing to the body. And she realized how much she loved the body. And she got healed and served for many more years. Love compelled her to stay. She was, he said, she was ready to check out. She didn't have, she, she knew it was far, far better. She was ready to go. But love compelled her to stay and help the body. Come on. You getting this? Love. The love of God compels us. The love of God is speaking to us. And we got to override the flesh. Because the flesh, the flesh, who wants more for itself? What does God want? God, God wants us to be out there loving. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 3.16. We're flying, we're flying today. We're flying through this. God, God is speaking. I'm telling you what. Hallelujah. We'll just, we'll just be led by the Spirit. 
You, you've heard John 3.16 before? We'll see it at the Super Bowl. We'll see John 3.16 in the background. Well, that's a good thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a little famous one right there. But you see, it points out God was moved by love. He was compelled by love to do something. To do something. Love compels to do. And so what did he do? He gave his son. God did not just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. And watch the football game and say, you know what? Let them go to hell. They deserve it anyhow. We did. But he was moved by love, compelled by love. God is love. So God acted on our behalf by sending Jesus because he loves us. Love moved him. Love compelled him. Love urged him. We got to do the same thing. Allow love to compel us to actually take action. Amen. Let love compel us to help. We talked about last week, help our brothers and sisters in Christ. We read many, many, many verses like love the brethren more than anybody. The born again saints of God. Love compels us to help, to serve. Amen. Love compels us to be a witness to somebody. About Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love compels us. It, it, it will. Amen. Amen. It will if we let it flow. Amen. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Remember that one? Holy Spirit come. Move in power. Let the river flow. <laughs> That just came to me because I was starting to think of it earlier. And there, there it came through. Let the river flow. We need to let the river flow. Come on. As I, I was just thinking, when I was out at the uh, construction site down here, I took some clothes to a guy who was in the church. And this is several years ago, but I, 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 I went down there just delivering clothes to a guy working on a house, building a house. He was a worker, you know, on the house. And uh, he needed some clothes. And so I was a servant. I brought him clothes. And while I'm there, there's a, there's a lady working on the house too. She was constructing the house. And she, all of a sudden, I'm witnessing to her about Jesus. I don't know why. Love. Love compels us. And all of a sudden, we're telling someone about Jesus. It urged me. Love of God's in there. 
Love God should be shed and brought a heart by the Holy Ghost. It's in there. So, whoo, come on. We got to let it flow out. Come on. Another example, I was, I was down at the hospital. Oh, I was visiting someone. Yeah. And, and then a nurse, in the, a male nurse, he was walking down the hallway. And I just felt compelled to tell him about Jesus. Can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> and guess what he said? I don't want to hear about Jesus. But see, the love of God compelled me. And so, he had an opportunity from the Spirit of God hello, to be eternally changed. And so part of our job, a loving, loving, right, is to tell someone else about Jesus so they have opportunity to receive eternal life. They have opportunity to be born again. They have opportunity to become new creation in Christ Jesus. That's love. Amen. Of course, the world thinks you're crazy, and, and a lot of them will say, get out, get out of here, you weirdo. But they don't know the love of God just showed up. God himself just showed up on their porch. God himself just showed up at the hospital. Why? He's in me. And when you walk in the room, God showed up also. Why? If you a holy, are you a temple of the Holy Ghost? then you better think God showed up. Amen. Not that you're God, but you got God. Amen. And you're a child of God. That's right. And so when you show up, you got the love of God. You got the power of God. You got the authority of God. You got all kinds. You got, you, got, you got major tools. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't use them, you're wicked, lazy, slothful. Come on. Like I said, we have no excuse. When we get there and God says, why didn't you tell them about me? You worked with them for 22 years. You never mentioned my name to them. Well, I, I, I thought the pastor would tell them. I can't tell everybody. You can tell where you're at. I can tell where I'm at. Come on. We don't have excuse. We got the love. We got the power. We got the authority. We got God inside. We got to get him out. And if we're compelled by love, we will. If we're wicked, lazy, and slothful, we'll say, push that down, push that down. I don't want to do that. Because I'm going to be fleshy instead of led by the Holy Spirit. Hello? You see, we're supposed to be taking action when no one else does. Because love has action. Love moves. Love gives. Love has action. You show me a Christian who has no action for the Lord, I say, I don't know if they're Christian. I really don't know. Because there's no action. Love has action. Love is, love is moving out. God so loved the world that he gave. Love has action. Getting this? Love is to be moving. Compelled, urged, pressed. 
That's some action. That's a moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. All right. Let's go on to Mark 1. And we'll see where the Lord leads from here. Mark 1. Oh, boy, you're going to like this. Mark 1, verse 40. Jesus, of course, the gospel, talking about Jesus. There came a leper to him, to Jesus, beseeching him, kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. I got King James. <laughs> and Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Did you hear it? Jesus was moved with compassion. Moved. Action. Same thought as compelled, urged, pressed. Come on. Jesus was compelled to act. He didn't say, someone else will do it. Yeah. Christians say it all the time. I don't have time. Someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will pick that up. Someone else will do that. Someone else will do that. Someone else will do this. Someone else will do that. What about you? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> love acts. Someone else will tell them about Jesus. What about you? Why don't you tell them? Yeah. Someone else will do it. That's not love. Hello? Amen. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I got so many things going on. Then clear up your calendar for the Lord. Yeah. And right. stop doing so much stuff that means nothing. Amen. And get something done for him and bear some fruit for him. Amen, yeah. I don't have time. Clear the calendar. Make some time for him. Make some time to flow in some love to somebody. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Jesus allowed the love of God to flow. Moved with compassion. Come on. Well, well, put yourself in here. And there came a leper to Christian. Yeah, yeah, That's a good thought. Yeah. There came a leper to Griffin. Who am I going to pick on? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> There came a leper to Lori. And they said, can you help me? And you said, I, I would like to, but let me call Pastor Vern and see what he can do for you. What should you do? You should do just what Jesus did. And be moved with compassion. Because like I said, you got the tools. You can't say, Pastor Vern has the tools. You got the tools. We all got the tools. 
We all got love. We all got the tool chest ready to go. We got a toolbox full. God gave us the toolbox. We got to open the toolbox. You don't, you don't build the house with the toolbox closed. You don't build nothing with the toolbox closed. This, this place didn't get built with the toolbox closed. They opened the toolbox. So we open the toolbox and we pull out the authority found in Jesus' name. We pull out the power of God that resides in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. See how this is a different mindset than most every Christian on the planet? That you're called to do the works of God. You're called to do the works of Jesus. You're called to move out with compassion just like Jesus did. You're called to walk in love, flow with love, let the love out and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out the devil, lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive eternal life. You and I, all we all got the tools. And if we say differently, we are criticizing and dishonoring the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a sick place to be. And I've seen many Christians do it, and the, they keep doing it, and that's their choice. But I'll tell you what, if you want to live the real gospel, you want to, you want to live real Christianity, you got to flow in love and be moved. Yeah, amen. Let love compel you to do the works of God on the earth. Come on. We live in a society of me, 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 me. Me. People are always concerned. What's in it for me? In fact, that's a, that's a W-I-F-M, right? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? People are always concerned. What's in it for me? I'll show up and help, but what's in it for me? Who cares what's in it for you? I said, who cares? You know God's going to bless you. You already know that. You do it because you love. That's right, amen. You do it because you are actually flowing in the love of God. Hello. <laughs> it was a good time. It was pretty good. <laughs> Heaven was singing songs. <laughs> come on, children of God, come on. We need to get rid of the me, 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 me. Jesus did not live by me, 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 me. That's right. He lived by him, 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 him. What does he want? What does he want? What does he want? And then he moved with love. He moved with compassion, healed the leper. We know, we know he healed just in the gospels. You know, we, we, we see many, many healings, right? And we know that it says if the world, if everything Jesus written down, it would fill the whole world. How many, how many more great things did he do? Oh, woo. in three years. That's some fruit. That's some fruit. How did he do it? The love of God. He flowed with compassion and love for the people. He let it out. I said he let it out. He let out the love. He didn't suppress it. 
and say, I can't do it, I can't do it. No, you can do it, I can do it. We can all do it. We can all do what Jesus has called us to do. We can all do it. We have the toolbox. You got it sitting right beside you, right there. Or I should say inside you. You got the Holy Ghost. How much more do you need? Well, if I just had a little bit more. You got the Holy Spirit of God on the inside. We getting this? We got the Holy Spirit of God. What more do we need? But I just, I just, I just, no, no, I just, just move with love. Yeah, love. Cast out the devil, heal the sick. Tell someone about the Lord. Let the Lord lead you. Come on. As many times, I don't, I do it all the time preaching, but even in witnessing, I don't know what I'm going to say. But the words flow from love. Come on. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Open your mouth wide. And God will feel it. I've been there many times, many times, yeah. where I, I, I don't know what I'm going to say next. Yeah. Come on, but God, God will do it. God will, God will help us. Amen. Yes, he will. Holy Spirit is the helper, That's right. yeah. the comforter, the helper. And so if, well, if, man, whew, a lot of times uh, I, get, I get a couple words, you know, even if, if I'm witnessing or if I'm, if I'm, if I'm uh, prophesying. But I get, I get a few words coming up out of my belly. <laughs> out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, Jesus said, out of your belly. And I get a few words coming up. And guess what? Many times I say, yeah, but what do I say next? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I say that right up here. Because I got something coming up here and I go, huh, that sounds pretty good. But what, I'm gonna, what, what am I going to say next? And you don't know, but many times I let those two, three words out and it just keeps going. Why? Because I'm flowing with love and with the Holy Spirit. And you can all do the same thing. Amen. Amen. Don't think you can't do it because you can do it too. Amen. Hallelujah. We're called to different things, but we can all do this. And we can all walk in different, different uh, uh, levels of different things. I remember, I remember there's a prophet used to come to our church, really powerful meetings. And, and he, he would say, you know, anybody can do this. I'm like, yeah. But I mean, he'd read people's mail upside down, backwards and down. And he'd be like, ooh, ooh. I think there's an element to that. Yeah. Anybody can prophesy. Now, are you called to be a prophet? That's different. Are you called to be a pastor? Are you called to be a teacher in the body? That's different. But we can all move in those giftings in different ways. Amen. You might be at work and you say a, a few words to a coworker from the Lord. You are prophesying to them. Yeah. 
And that hit them right there. Boom. And you prophesied. I said you prophesied. You read their mail. You don't even know it. I said you read their mail. You don't know it. Why? Because it was God. I told you a story. Back at Mazio's, Mazio's. Pizza, pizza in Tulsa. Big pizza chain down there. Uh, I, was, I worked in the call center where all the calls came in for all the deliveries. It was quite something. But there was a lady who came to work there. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, turnover, big in those type of places. And uh, lady showed up. And uh, we, had a, we usually had a, you know, a break. And there, of course, there was always someone on the phone because it was a 24-hour operation. There was always someone on, waiting on for the call to make the pizza orders and send them out to the restaurants around the whole area. And this lady starts working there, and we're having a, a fellowship time in the break area. And uh, I don't know I call it fellowship because there were several Christians there at the workplace. And we were, we were, we were fellowshipping around the Word, around Jesus. And the lady was there, and she was, she was uh, uh, interested, and she, she, she said she was a Christian, and, 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 and so she started joining in our time. And then she started talking a little bit more, and she started telling some things about her life and why she came to Tulsa and why she was there at the job. And I don't remember exactly what she said, and it doesn't really matter because I believe this came out of me by the Spirit of God. I said, I, I did not plan on saying it. I said, sounds like you're running from God. And I stopped myself. Did I just hear that? And the whole place got quiet and we all kind of went back to work. And she never showed up again. Maybe she repented. Maybe she stopped running. I don't know. But I was compelled by love. It came out so fast I couldn't even stop it. I mean, I guess I could have because I'm a free will being. But it was just like, she's talking. Sounds like you're running from God. I'm like, Well, you can do that too, amen? And we can flow with the Holy Ghost and move in love because we might, we might, yeah, we can lay hands on the sick and cover, we know that. We can cast out devils, we know that. We can also prophesy. Yeah, amen. We can speak things straight out of heaven. I mean, I mean, prime delivery. You got, you got Amazon Prime here in a day now sometimes. I'm like, how in the world did that happen? God can deliver it in one second. Amen. Sounds like I'm running from God to me. Hello. Well, God's love is in us. And he's compelling us to act, move, speak. Speak. Speak about the Lord. Speak about righteousness. Speak about holiness. Speak about 
truth. And how many Christians suppress it and push it down and say, I don't want to be the weird one. I don't want to be the Jesus freak. I just want to be like everybody else and I want to be accepted. That's devilish and demonic. Hello. I tell you what, if you want to be an on fire Christian, you have to be willing to be rejected by every single person on the planet. Because Jesus was. And if you are not up to that, you are not fit for the kingdom. That's heavy. That just came out. That's heavy. Hallelujah. See, God is waiting for Christians to move with love. Move with compassion. Lay hands on the sick. Serve the Lord with all their might. Witness for Jesus. Love the sinner. He's waiting. God wants us to add the love to our faith. Come on. To all these things we've been talking about. He needs us to add the love to it. The love, the love is what brings us to actually do something and do something right and do something for him and do something that's righteous and do something that's holy and do something that's from him. It's got to be the love of God coming out. If we don't have that, we got nothing. Come on. We got nothing without love. And we, we could go into 1 Corinthians 13. We could go a long ways with this. But I think the Lord made the point today. Oh man, I want to go back and listen. God needs us, wants us, desires that we walk in this love that he put in us. That we don't keep pressing it down. We don't keep saying it's for someone else. It's for the pastor. It's for the evangelist. It's for the prophet. It's for, it's for someone else. It's, it, it's, it's for them. It's for them. It's not for me. No, it's for you, 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 you. To move in love. To be moved with the compassion. To walk in love. Come on. To, to, to witness. To serve. To lay hands. To cast out the devil. Come on. You can do it. I can do it. But if we keep suppressing that love in there, we could easily be called the wicked, lazy, and slothful one. Say, I love Pastor Vern. Say, I love Jesus. I love my God. I love God's word. I receive your word, Father. I receive it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to be moved by love. I'm going to be compelled by love to do what you want me to do. I'm listening and I am obeying. And I know that I'll eat the good of the land because I obeyed. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, wow. And a wow wow. Carnes just upstairs. Wow. And a wow wow. Hallelujah. I want to give an opportunity for anyone who does not know Jesus. You got to know Jesus to enter in the kingdom. You got to know him. You got to know him well. You got to call him Lord. You got to come into his family. And there's only, there's only one way in. You believe in Jesus, you confess him as Lord, which means now you want to do everything he said, including what we talked about today. You want to do it all. I said, you want to do it all because <laughs> he's master and he's Lord. And so, uh, uh, lukewarm Christianity says, uh, I can do what I want still. No, come on. On fire, Christianity says, I give everything to you. I lay everything at your feet and I am completely yours. You are my Lord. But you got to believe first and then you confess him as Lord of your life. And you then, then, come on, at age of 19, I got translated out of the kingdom of darkness, as Colossians says, and uh, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. There's only two families. We talked about a lot last week. There's two families on earth. Devil's family, God's family. That's it. That is it. No more, no less. That is it. Two families. If you are still in devil's family, you need to get out as fast as possible. Don't think your good works are going to get you into eternity. Jesus gets us into eternity. We call him Lord. We call him master. We get forgiven of all sin and we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means we're cleansed, we're washed, and now, now we have good works. And we don't have just good works because we want to be right with God. We have good works because God is in us. You see it? We have good works now because God is in us. So our works are actually righteous. Our works are actually holy. You know, in Isaiah, he says, your works before me, there is filthy rags. That's before Christ. That's trying to be right with God through works. When we're right with God, we have great works just like Jesus did. Because God is in us. Hallelujah. If that's you today, you say, I've never made Jesus Lord. I played Christianity, I played in church, I played religious things, I've played with spiritual things, but I've never made Jesus my Lord and I want in the kingdom of God today. Pray this after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with Satan's kingdom. I want in your kingdom, God. And now I know the way in is through Jesus. I believe Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead and I call Jesus Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord, my master, my savior. Forever, I am yours. I lay everything at your feet. Heavenly Father, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. I will walk in them. I will do them. I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We had a time today.